A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today's episode is with Samantha Miles. Samantha is a multimedia journalist whose work has appeared in various newsrooms in Colorado, Texas and Columbia Nightly News in New York City. She's also written for several online publications and won awards for her journalism in the Ab Spring Uprisings for Peace, The Jasmine Flowers, Women of the Tunisian Revolution, where she interviewed women rewriting the Tunisian constitution after the revolution. She's written about women from various cultures covering issues of domestic violence, social justice, and beauty pressures. Welcome to the show, Samantha. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure's mine. I mean, I was talking pre-show about how I saw your bio on Twitter and I, I had to reach out to you and the beauty of social media is the fact that someone can actually respond to you. So Yay. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us how you got started? Into journalism, let's see. Um, what what really got me into journalism was curiosity and also in my family I come from a big family, there's eight of us. So they I have six brothers, one sister, and so we were raised and also very multicultural upbringing, my mom being from Mexican background and my dad being mixed, you know, part Irish. And then his family, his dad was raised in Algeria. And so wow. they, between the two of them, that's a lot of kids and a lot of things going on. So I was always really, um, really just fascinated by news. And yeah, Oprah definitely had a big influence on me. I found her way of storytelling and asking it questions in interviews that really gave you more insight into an issue that maybe, you know, it's hard to talk about or you have these assumptions on an issue and she just kind of opens your eyes to thinking of it in a different way. And I found that really fascinating how she can just teach you. And you, it's almost like you don't even realize you're learning about, you know, these, all these different stories she brings to light, but um, just the way that she can make you feel like you're in the room with her and, um, I started following 
between her and the news, thing, big things that were happening in the news, Hurricane Katrina, uh, 9-11, these big stories that really changed the nation and how reporters cover even traumatic events that really became just something I got hooked on. I couldn't turn I couldn't turn off the news when big things were happening. And then my family went through a really tough, uh, I want to say like middle school into high school was just a really tough time. My dad had been running a women's halfway home and um, just didn't really have the support he needed to make it very successful and give women in transition, women going through a lot of domestic violence and also women that were going through a lot of uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. They were coming to get their lives back on track. And what was missing was really women mentors and people that can really give you a support system to, to break cycles of abuse and be, you know, your, reach your potential as a person. So my like middle school, high school was a lot going on. Big family, this halfway home. And um, I started just getting really, I started hearing all these stories, all these women that were coming from very traumatic backgrounds, trying to get their feet on the ground. Some would be as young as 14. Others would be in their 30s. And I started doing their hair. I started volunteering doing their hair. It was kind of like my way of breaking the ice with them. And so I started interviewing them, really, and hearing about their lives and learning about all these different walks of life and what I think what what kind of that insider scoop on um, life across different uh, you know communities, different cultures, but also different economic backgrounds. And so that was sort of my. I guess my little Oprah in training, you know, just listening to people's stories. And then um, when I was going to cosmetology school in in my last year of high school, I decided I'm going to go to college. And my parents are neither of them had been to college. So being first generation in that it was a big self doubt I had. And I was just kind of, you know, the first woman to get a degree. Uh, was very intimidating. And so my older brother, he was the first in our family to get his degree. And so he really was my mentor going through high school. And as I was finishing cosmetology school, he was like, you know, you're interested in journalism. You want to make an impact through these stories that are socially, you know, important, but you know, the world's changing. And if you want to have a positive impact in some way. Journalism, you know, you gotta, you really gotta pursue it. And so after cosmetology school, I went to start going to college and my dad was actually diagnosed with stage four inoperable prostate cancer during college. And so when, when he was uh, diagnosed, we were actually kind of in the middle of a big public health investigation. So he had been exposed to asbestos in housing. And so that's like the, uh, you know, insulation yeah. in walls. So that it's that pink fibery stuff that it actually ended up causing lung cancer in a lot of men working on these construction sites. And my dad ended up being one of them and he didn't have health insurance. You know, he really didn't know. He didn't know much about his resources when it came to healthcare. He was very much, an entrepreneur, but um, not really well informed when it comes to health. And so then watching him go through it, I saw the healthcare system really through a traumatic experience because he had to, it was kind of like this 
fast, all of a sudden he had this diagnosis and then it was, the doctors gave him a month and a half to live unless he got into intensive chemotherapy. And so, you know, family drops everything, kind of are just left with this, oh my gosh, how is this happening? And so you all have to adjust. And um, I was studying journalism at the time. I took a break from school and tried to support my family while they were going through that. And it made me kind of, it just, it really started this deeper hunger for me to pursue journalism because I was seeing what happens when people are not informed, when they don't know how to take care of their health, when they don't know how to navigate the healthcare system. And these are all stories, you know, that I cover in journalism now in some of the health reports I've done, but it just made me feel like I need to do something. I need to be that person that can go and interview a doctor on this issue. And I need to go to the person that is diagnosed with cancer. And this is sort of their death sentence. I need to bring, connect their voices because this is something that matters. It's like that impact question. It affects so many people. And journalism is really a way of getting that human interest. You get the emotions, how someone is affected. It becomes real to your viewer, you know, be it through print or video. And, um, at the time when my dad was going through cancer, I didn't have that empowerment in what I could do through journalism yet. I was very much going through being a person, you know, in the story, putting a face to the issue. And so, so it was a really intense time. This was in my early twenties and, uh, it was about a year and a half that my dad went through intensive chemotherapy and he, he ended up passing away from it. I'm so sorry. And it was, thank you. It was really, it was a shift. Like that was when I kind of, it, it, again, it became so personal to pursue journalism because it was like, this could have been prevented. And we just were not given, you know, kind of the right resources. We also just, my parents just didn't know about this issue. And then investigative journalism, there was a piece that came out on the news of just this big public health investigation where they're like, you know, this asbestos, it needs to be banned. And they stopped using it in homes. So um, that was, I think, really my first experience of like, my gosh, journalism is powerful. And when it's used for, you know, when you have people that are telling these stories with different voices, giving all sides of a story, as many as you can get, and really making it, uh, you know, putting that compelling storytelling into it. It changes lives. And so I started to dig into journalism, <laughs> uh, finishing, I finished my um, undergrad in at University of Colorado in Denver. And that's when I got to go to Tunisia, to the Arab Spring Revolution. I kind of just ended up there. It wasn't um, intentional to be there during the Arab Spring uprisings, but that happened two weeks before I was supposed to go. And so I ended up going to Morocco first, spending time there, really learning more about women's rights and a lot of the interesting stuff happening there, um, politically, socially, and then Tunisia, when I got there, I mean, I got to live with a human rights activist and got to interview women that were rewriting the Constitution. And it was just incredible to get this, in, to have them share their stories with me, what their culture is like, you know, how it's changing today. The revolution pretty much shifted things overnight, and it became this okay you want a democracy let's see how this goes you know so many it's it was like um i think for a while people a lot of people were questioning was the revolution 
worth it? Was it good or bad and how much it changed things? Because with change comes a lot of instability. So that's a bit of, that's kind of like summarizing <laughs> um, why I got into journalism. So it's been, it's sort of a life journey for me. And it is, I think journalism for me is a lifestyle because that's always, I'm always working in different communities and that's just that multiculturalism. Our world is globalized now. And so yeah. journalism is pretty much, I think it's, it's just in my blood. <laughs> no, no, I hear you. You know, listen to your story. First of all, thank you for being um, so gracious and, and, and just classy with the way you, you're, you're sharing your story. I can't even imagine how difficult it must have been to go through that with your, um, with your dad and, um, you know, my condolences for sure. Um, and thanks for sharing that. And I share it because it's so, it, it's a story that's now, it's important to tell because it's just perspective, you know, and it's not, it's heavy, but yeah. the world we're living in now, this is the reality. We're dealing with heavy issues. And so I think I appreciate you just kind of opening the floor to let me share because it's not. <laughs> Well, you know, since we were we were both raised by Oprah, we, we tried to let the the inter- <laughs> the guests try to feel comfortable enough to share that story. So I'm glad you did. Um, one thing that we both share and agree on is the fact that the world is multicultural, is increasingly globalized and digitalized. I'm very curious as, as to how you see media playing an important role in today's world, given the climate of what's happened in the last year and a half. Absolutely. Media, I think, is more important than ever. I mean, it's so accessible now when you we have social media. For example, you and I are now connecting in this interview, and it's as easy as posting something on Twitter. And it's kind of, it's made accessibility to information. You can find anything online now. So media, it's, it's really it needs to be taken seriously in that there's so much information out there. There's also a lot of misinformation. And when I went to journalism school, there's a big shift. All our professors were talking about, they don't know where journalism is going. What is the future of journalism? It's all digital now and media. How do you, you know, how do you make profit off of, how do you, how do you live off of being a journalist kind of thing? And it's, you know, it's a public service. It's public information. Should people have to pay for uh, good journalism? All these questions. And, Going through grad school is like, you know, this is this is a time where we really need to pay attention to what we are consuming online with media because that, you know, not everybody watches TV anymore uh, unless you go to the gym and, you know, you see it out everywhere. But um, Internet, Internet and your your mobile devices, it's so easy to get your news that way. And so that being really the new medium, it's um it's a shift now. It's like, how do you connect with your audience through internet, digital, it's all digital. So, um, I think it's such a, it's, it's exciting. It's a really exciting time. And it's also very challenging in journalism because you're competing with so many other different media sites. And with this election just passing, it's, um, it's kind of strange now to see the top stories. You know, I mean, what do you think when you look at the news right now? I mean, I, I think a lot of people are, it's interesting because like you said, it's so fragmented. I'm thinking a lot of people are racing to get the juiciest headline or, mm-hmm. or, I mean, you have people like Buzzfeed who are trying to break news as well. And I'm like, wait, wait, when did this become anyone can break the news without checking facts or whatever? It's almost like, um, you know, the most explosive headline will get there. But at the same time, 
there are so many stories happening right now in the world that people have just sort of found their own lane and some people are niching down and, uh, you know, it's interesting what my Facebook feed looks like because I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's general yet specific. That's the best way I can explain it. Cause, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but you're in the field. So I'm curious, what do you think when you yeah, see all these so things? It's all about if, if journalism um, really, you know, what separates yourself from uh, being someone that's just putting more information out there, right? And a good story. Well, for me, um, being out in the field, what I still look look for is underreported stories, things or stories that you. Th- there's one way that it's been reported, which is really important to consider when you talk about multiculturalism, because there's and in diversity, especially being you know in the newsroom, diversity is so important when. Um, you have a team of reporters because you want to know that you're not just getting a biased kind of outsider report of an issue that, you know, it takes more digging. I think journalism now, there will always be, you know, the importance for good journalism, that's never going to change. Yeah. And what really makes that stand out is digging is really making your, whoever you're interviewing, whoever's sharing their story, making them comfortable, but also Digging a little deeper with questions, not just asking the who, why, what, when, where, you know, it's, it's like, okay, take me back to that moment. What, you know, what's going through your head right now? And also if you can journalism, what I love about journalism is how do you move the story forward is some stories, there's a solution, which is really, you know, it's really gratifying to be. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'll just share that because there's something people can kind of take and move forward with. But um, so I think journalism with solutions is always something I try to do. Is there a silver lining in this? You know, how can we learn from this kind of thing? I think that's also more meaningful to viewers and Really, journalism now, regardless of what medium, if you're teaching your audience something and, you know, maybe hopefully contributing something good to the world, then I, no matter whether it's print, audio, video, there's always, that always excites me. No, <laughs> no, no, it's cool. And, and I, I want to put a pin on that because I want to talk about this uh, uh, exciting opportunity, but we're going to talk about the, gratifying, uh, the gratifying experience that you have with journalism. But before that, I want to share something from one of our sponsors, HelloFresh. I'm sure you, um, you know, you're a very busy, busy person, Samantha. You're always traveling. And sometimes it's, it's nice to have recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to uh, fit your nutritional needs. 
And if you're okay. short on time. So, yes. <laughs> so that, that's exactly what HelloFresh does. They create new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes from everyone, from novices to seasoned home cook short on time. Uh, they provide fresh ingredients measured to the exact quantities, so it's not a lot of those um, greasy unhealthy foods and it's essentially <laughs> <Nope>. like <laughs> it's like employing a full-time registered dietitian on staff so i oh uh, what who could say no to that no i don't think anyone could but <laughs> I, i've personally tried they sent me their their classic box and, and i tried that for, for a week and it was pretty cool so they you know they're often listeners uh first you know for the first week of um orders 35 dollars off so all you need to do is go to HelloFresh.com, enter the promo code TAYO, T-A-Y-O, 35, and you should be able to get $35 off your first week of delivery. So that's HelloFresh.com, promo code TAYO, 35. So, there you go. <laughs> thanks for playing along there. I really appreciate that. It's always fun when I'm playing <laughs> along with the, with the host. So before I talked about that, you were talking about how gratifying media can be. And the first time I, I found about your work was really when I came across this documentary that you did on uh, skin bleaching. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that? Because that was also educational. Sure. I found, so the woman that shared her story with me, I was really involved with a lot of different groups on campus, uh, students really, you know, just from around the world. And um, I'm just listening, just listening to them share their personal stories. I started a dance group when I was in college and it was all about just women from different cultures coming together and sharing their traditional music, their traditional dances and sharing that part of themselves with the women, you know, from other cultures. And so it was such an interesting way to get to know women and not, and, and kind of just like experience their, you know, their rhythms, their, their movement. And so in that group, we would do these little kind of talking circles and one woman, the woman that I interviewed, she started talking about skin bleaching and, uh, originally, or she had started out talking about, uh, cyberbullying and she wanted advice on how to deal with a bully. And, um, she then started talking about bullying, you know, growing up and skin bleaching came up and she just really shared this very intimate experience with the women in her life, how it was such a standard of value. So the lighter you are, the more, the less your family is going to worry about you. The more you're, you're going to attract, you know, a, a man, the more you're, and I don't, those fair and lovely commercials, those are, yeah. it's pretty much, you can compare it to, to teeth whitening commercials here in the U S and it's so blatant in how they, they make you think that lightening your skin is going to transform your life for the better. You know, you're going to be this person that you are. It's like the person you want to be. Yes. Here's your skin bleaching cream. So she let, um, she pretty much just let me follow her around on campus. She's really interesting, uh, in how she has taken that experience that really obviously is very damaging to your self esteem, your self worth. And it's something, it's a standard you can never, really meet because it's manufactured and it's terrible for your health. So she, um, and the deeper issue, you know, it's, it's a cultural norm and it's this idea from colonization that westernized beauty, lighter skin is more valuable. So she just walked me through 
what her experience has been with women in her family getting married. That's when she first um, was taught that, you know, this is what women do. This is how they prepare for their day. And um, she started, you know, in the documentary, she talks about how she's getting excited about, oh my gosh, I can't wait to use the cream so I can be beautiful like my mother. And then she comes to the U.S. and it's so interesting how she shared her experience of she's like, there's tanning bits here. Yeah. You know, you go to California and people are trying to get darker. And she's like, I'm trying to get lighter. And so she's like, what is this? And so just, she opened this just issue of beauty standards really for women. And it, it obviously, it is a pressure for men too, but you know, just focusing on women, these beauty pressures across cultures, you're never good enough is the message. And so she just, also, what was um, really helpful with her is she studied public health, and she studied ethnic studies in her undergrad. And so she's taking her experience, and she wants to be a voice of truth and a leader in this area. And so she was just so – she had done so much personal work, understanding her own identity, and also being passionate about public health progress, pro public health issues. And so she her, her sharing that story was so – inspiring. I just felt really privileged. I felt so honored for her to share it with me as it, my gosh, the vulnerability, like the places, what the details she shared and the, um, you know, those personal feelings that she shared with me, it got the conversation going or with so many other women from that area, mostly, I mean, she's from Sudan, but, um, a lot of women that I was friends with on campus, from that area, you know, sub-Saharan East Africa, she, um, she just made everybody feel kind of free to talk about it. And for the first time, it was this big social taboo that they felt like, Oh my gosh, I'm not the only one that's felt pressure mm. to do this. And it's not right. It's not, it's not right. It's not fair. It's not healthy. And, and we'll never feel fully, thankful for the lives that we have or who we are as women. And we'll never really value our true beauty as we are with these products and with this culture, this mentality that, you know, light skin, lighter skin is better. And so for that, it was just, I felt like that was like my first baby, you know, that documentary. Yeah. It's so, it just felt so like it empowered women and not just, not just with the skin bleaching, but women, uh, you know, white women talking about tanning and feeling the pressure, like they're not good enough. They're not exotic enough. They, I had so many women contact me and just be like, that was a powerful piece. Like I re I, I'm like, I'm reexamining a lot of the, you know, products I use. Why do I use them? Is it to be something I'm not? Is it because I feel inadequate? And so just kind of, it was really, it felt, um, sort of just like this, uh, it's like an agent of change, you know, it just plants a seed and it gives this, it's okay to talk about it. You're not alone. No. And for those that haven't watched it, I'm going to put it out there in the show notes. It's really, really a great, uh, you know, documentary. It's eye opening and it's educational, just exactly like, uh, all the, all the things that Samantha got into journalism for, you know, I grew, <laughs> I grew up in uh, Nigeria. So a lot of, you know, that's one of the countries I grew up in. A lot of the people, um, they're also subscribed to that notion. They're in the markets. You had bleach and creams. Um, mm -hmm. And there is definitely a big, big element of truth to the fact that colonization impacted that. You know, the lighter you are, the more beautiful you are. So there are, 
it's all of the markets. It's all over uh, the, the local areas, and, and it's even in commercials. So when I saw that documentary, I remember going back and forth and me having conversations with my mom saying, is it okay? You know, because right. is, is it okay if I use this cream? And she'd be like, no, it's got light. It's going to affect you later on. So I was like, okay, fine, well. But uh, I, I thought it was interesting how you brought that up. We're getting ready to close up here, but I want to give you a chance to talk about action steps that organizations and schools can uh, take to implement some of these inclusive strategies because you've done such extensive work. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Sure. Action steps, I think really, I've read a lot of great articles on the need for diversity and why, um, you know, why it's important to talk about issues that are really coming to the surface very quick, especially with so much happening in politics. Um, So many, you know, a lot of what are marginalized groups or minority groups it's it's a it's a my gosh we're in a time where every every initiative matters um but it also matters what your intention is with it i think um to kind of i have a lot of mentors in you know a national association of hispanic journalists and um i'm also a part of women in media. And these are groups, these are groups to be a part of where you can get a mentor and they know the challenges you're going through, the, the struggles, um, you know, being, uh, especially from in my, in my experience at Columbia journalism school, it was like, um, getting involved in every group I could pretty <laughs> much and just kind of reaching out, finding, um, mentors. I think for people that, you know, have really reached, um, they have, they're in a position where they can be a mentor. I would say it comes down to those relationships, being, making yourself accessible to people that young people that really need career advice, need that mentorship, that guidance. I think accessibility is huge. And when I was in undergrad, I was a part of TRIO Student Service Support Services, and this is for first generation. You know, they help a lot of refugee students. They help a lot of immigrants. They help um, students born in the U.S., but, you know, your family has never gone through college. They help low income and even uh, also students that just need academic help that really are struggling to keep up. So I think a lot of initiatives, um, scholarships, um, in my experience going through uh, college was – very much through the help of mentorship, scholarships, um, those type of things. I think um, the the way that news is changing now, it's I see a lot of positive change because all these stories that have been underreported, you're getting a lot more diversity in the reporters covering them. You know, be it yeah. uh, ethnic diversity, you're also getting a lot more reporting on LGBTQ issues and also. Um, more women reporting for sure. in the media. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question in no, terms of, in I, the, of what should be done, but I think really um, to be accessible as a mentor is really important. No, I, I think, I think you know, having the mentorship is so key. And, and a lot of the other things that you said was just that representation. I think a lot of people, we underestimate the power of what representation does for the youth. I, you know, I was just at a, conference for middle school uh me and my business partner she's um she's latina and i'm you know obviously black and the amount of black and latina girls that came up to both of us individually just to say thank you for sharing your story was incredible and these are 12 13 year old um you know boys and girls who you never would have thought that just showing up on the stage shows them that they can be there too so i think 
you know, that mentorship role is so key. I mean, you know, for sure. yeah. yeah. When you start to see people that look like you, it's like, oh my gosh, I got a chance, you know? Exactly. exactly. And social media, I think, is so powerful now because I've found mentors, so many mentors through social media, but I've also, I mean, you, you know, seeking me out, it's, it's now another, it's, it's another, um, it's another step, you yeah. know, getting the word out more. So, yeah, get involved on social media. <laughs> for sure. It's not all bad. You can actually use it for good. So Yeah, um, exactly. l- Last question. The mission statement of what I do here is use your difference to make a difference. It's the basis of everything that I've done uh, so far. So how do you use your difference to make a difference? Hmm. <laughs> that's a good question. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, scratching my head over here. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think... So taking my experience, what really what I bring to the table as a journalist is experience, life experience of going through a lot of, a lot of kind of traumatic experiences and learning from them, growing from them, um, and then learning how to use storytelling and my own academic background now to inform you, you know, in a different, in a, in a way that is just, it's digestible, you know, but it's going to, it's going to help you live a better life in some way. I think the work behind the scenes, the research is really important in what I do in that I've kind of, I can bring you the facts so that you're better equipped, you know, to make your own decision on a subject with journalism. It's show you all sides of a story and then you make your decision on, you know, what you think or whatnot, or given a health issue, you learn something about what to stop doing, maybe to your, to your body, what products to stop using, or just, you know, how to look at yourself in a more positive light. I think journalism for me is really just shedding light on truth and, um, always trying to think of a good takeaway with the work I do. How am I going to make you feel empowered in some way, even if it's just the information I'm bringing to you, you know, that you don't have the time or maybe would never consider going out and researching something. If I can just give you something that will improve your life in some way or your perspective, then that's open to whatever it may be. That can be whatever's going on in the world. That can be health. It can be Uh, uh, relationships, you know. Well, Samantha Miles, using a difference to make a difference by empowering and educating the world and creating circumstances where they can be able to live their best life. I wonder who said live your best life. That was, Oprah. Yes. Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure just um, picking your brain in here and your journey. And um, once again, thank you for sharing all the stories that you did. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365 day returns.